podcast with James and Jane. Hi, this is James. I wanted to let you know that as well as these podcasts, we deliver at least one free online seminar every month that you're welcome to attend wherever you are in the world. You can learn more about them and register for them via our website, www.worldofwork.io. That's www.worldofwork.io. Hi, everyone. This is James. And Jane. And here we are again with another episode of the World of Work podcast. We're cracking through them, right? This is going to be the last episode of Series 2. What do you think Wow. I can't really get my head around that, if I'm brutally honest. I know. Um, we only released Series 1, what, 10 days ago? So yeah, that's, that's true, the right? The whole time that just giant's a bit crazy. It is all, all a bit crazy. And also, we've talked about some quite big topics we this have, series. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, my head's a little bit spinning from all the stuff I've learned and thought about. I'm really looking forward to seeing what people say when we get Series 2 out there. I mean, we've had some great topics. We've talked about leading change. We've talked about feedback. We've talked about trust. My surprise of the series, talking about feedback, I was like, I'm not sure I'm that bothered about this. And then it turned out I really Then you were, yeah, yeah, you wanted to give somebody some feedback about feedback. I I was really bothered about feedback, so, yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been a blast. Any any favourite comments and and talking of feedback, any any of your favourites you've heard from out there? Well, I I had a lovely message from uh, Jen in Edinburgh, she knows who she is, Um, someone who I met at a, a series of networking events a while ago, who I hadn't been in touch with for about six months. Um, she got in touch on LinkedIn uh, a couple of days ago and said, you know, thanks for the podcast, been listening to it, really enjoy it. And um, she's a, a bit of an expert in some of these areas and said that what we said sounded good and sounded like we'd, you know, hit the mark. So that was really reassuring. Did and you just, blush? I did. When you got it, did you I blush? Did, I did. I went shucks. Yeah, um, it's funny, isn't it? Because all we can see, obviously, lots of things that we'd like to get better at. But it's yeah. nice when people let us know. Yeah. And we're, I like, was, we're uh, learning, aren't we? I mean, we're yeah. still learning, developing. We're learning this stuff as well. The whole point is to try and make it more accessible for everyone. Yeah. Um, I was quite impressed that we uh, we got a bit of uh, interaction from Jackie Syke in Houston, Texas. So thank you very much, Jackie, That's for fun, uh, uh, following got... what we're doing. And also, a little bit close to home, Gina down in Kent, who's been very supportive and giving lots of feedback about bits she It's likes. lovely, isn't it? It's so, funny, you kind of build a relationship with the people who get in touch with you. You kind of turn into a supporter for them. And I, I was surprised at how, how... Are you feeling Are you feeling warm and fuzzy? I feel a little bit oh, warm and fuzzy. Oh, the corporate <laughs> accountant's finally feeling warm and fuzzy. Amazing. <laughs> but I also feel like I want to, I want to like, help them, right? I mean, like, I've taken time to say hi. I want to try and be helpful for them. Yeah, people, without... So. I mean, it's really hard not to sound totally cheesy, but if any of this is helping anybody, that's a really nice that's thing because it's helping me. Yeah, it's helping me if as nothing well. else, it's helping me remember a few lessons. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yes. So, uh, slides up as ever, usual place, www.thewowpodcast.org. Check it out, get it in your browser, save it to your favourites, do whatever you do. Yeah, and don't forget you can sign up to Wow Mail, uh, uh-huh. a little uh, email newsletter that we send out alongside our podcast with some extra information. Um, and you can tweet us at The Wow Podcast. Yeah, tweet, tweet, tweet away. We like that one. That, that's good. Um, okay, so what are we going to speak about today? We are going to talk about how to shape and land a message. So this is all about communicating, right? Communicating is an important thing. We're going to delve into it. We'll do a definition discussion as we usually do. We'll do a research roundup. In the research roundup, we are going all the way back to prehistory, or not quite, but we're going to go back to Rome and get some some thoughts from ancient Roman orators around how to design and deliver communication. Nothing like modern relevant material, yeah. eh? I know. In fact, we were just chatting before this about, oh, we really need to do some like topical up-to-date <laughs> topics. Yeah. We're like, yeah. 
50 Be BC. Rome BC. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Nothing is relevant as a Roman consul or whatever oh, it happens to be. Oh, no. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we'll be doing that in the research roundup. Um, then we'll have a list of a week, which is things you can do to, to help you be a better communicator. Uh, stories from a keyboard, final thoughts, top tips, and getting out and uh, checking out. And then that'll be us. Um, so looking forward to it. It should be fun. Uh, we like to communicate. That's why we do stuff like this. Well, I just, and I think it's come a lot up in a lot of the previous podcasts, right? Yeah. Uh, pretty much in about four or, four or five or maybe even more, we've talked about how do you land a message effectively and yeah. how do you make sure people are listening and how do you make sure that it's being you're being heard. Yeah. And I think, that, you know, you can only talk about it so many times before you say, well, we probably need to explain how, how some people would argue it needs to be done. Yeah. And there's like, there's lots of stuff to it, right? So like storytelling's a, a popular thing. And you know what, guys, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a podcast about storytelling at some point. Um, but that's not today. This is about sort of, sort of more leadership communication, really, is what we're going to focus on. Yeah, I think specifically, it's probably come about because we were during things like uh, the change curve. Yeah. During things like feedback, we've talked about how can you effectively deliver messages. Yeah, and leading change as well. You've got to like lead change and do all that. Um, yeah. Okay. So where should we start? Should we start with some definitions? Yeah, do you want to run through some definitions? Okay, four definitions this week. Uh, communication, the process by which information is exchanged between individuals through a common system of symbols, signs or behaviour. Rhetoric, speech or writing intended to be effective and influence people. That's quite relevant for work, isn't it, the effectiveness? Yeah, and I think, I think, so if you're a follower of Obama... Yeah. Um, Obama had a real passion for oracy and yeah. talks a lot about the skills of rhetoric and things like that. There's some actually some really great stuff on uh, the internet about Obama and his oracy. Um, influence the power to have an effect or on people or things or a person or thing that is able to do this. And persuasion. Uh, yes, it's a Jane Austen book, but also to make someone do or believe something by giving them a good reason to do it or by talking to that person and making them believe it. Um, so four really key... Uh, piece of terminology uh, that will come up yeah, at good. various points of this episode. Yeah, and they're, they're all linked, right? I mean, a lot of communications about getting people to understand or believe or be aligned to your way of thinking. Um, and in the world of work, a lot of it's about getting often, you know, influence so that you can lead stuff in the direction that you want stuff to go in, particularly from that leadership perspective. So, um, so should we talk a little bit, maybe step back a little bit and think about communication and why it matters and, and a little bit more about why it's important yeah i think i think it's what i mean given that you're going back to 50 bc okay i feel it's only appropriate to think in a sort of wider context around okay. communication yeah um there are there is a reality about being human and and about the way we relate to each other particularly in groups and a lot of that has to do with a shared understanding right we have uh, stories we have history that is told to us and we use narratives we're only really now and a lot of the research is coming out to say that largely humans um hear the story rather than the numbers yeah people um, don't care about numbers right like, yeah i'm an accountant right but even i struggle sometimes and, and you know we've known this in in many ways for ages because marketeers have known it for yeah, decades yeah, and decades yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know they don't sell you 
you know, the Barbie doll that's 50% off, they tell they sell you a concept of a story. Yeah, yeah, they sell you the dream, right? Yeah, and, and news, I think news media knows this too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they tell us the story of the person from the earthquake. They don't yeah, tell us the 50,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you learn about, you, you know, for, for your political leaders, you learn about them and their yeah. journey and all that kind of stuff. But probably what we don't talk about is how these stories bind us together. Mm-hmm. So our experiences of those stories, I think the example I would always use, and it's not a particularly great, it's not a pleasant one, but... The story of where you were during something like 9-11. Yeah, sure. And how that can bind people together as a single concept or narrative yeah. is, is quite important. Um, I think it's really important to understand there's, a, there's, a, there's a, something called Dunbar's number. Did we mention every time? We have. We have mentioned it. I'm trying to remember which episode. Yeah, in one of the um, ones. But we have talked about Dunbar's number and I've also covered it in Life Career uh, recently. And it says that people can only manage about 150 relationships. That's the principle, right? Um, so you can only really cope with 150 relationships effectively, which means that when you're thinking about messages, particularly to large organizations, if you're a leader, um, or to large teams, you really need to think about how you can do it, uh, and do that effectively. I think, um, it matters because they, the narratives that we create and the stories that we create are the things that shape our understanding of the world. Yeah. So as human beings, we make sense of the world by creating stories that become theories that get tested and that ultimately, eventually, either become true or become false. But ultimately, yeah. we don't remember the theory, we remember the story. Yeah, we do. You know, Newton's apple on the head. Yeah, yeah, there's so many... I've got yeah. that right around. Yeah, 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 apple on... Ar- who's head. in the bath? Archimedes. Uh, Archimedes in the bath. Yeah, I, yes, the right. Right. I had yeah. the two mixed up momentarily, I don't know why. Um <laughs> It's can, always can, dangerous when you get me on science, in right? The bath, right? I mean, whatever you do in your own time. But it's this funny thing of as soon as we start talking about proper science, yeah. and I shouldn't call it proper science because I'm studying psychology, but yeah. you know, sciencey science, yeah. I get a bit panicky. Yeah. Um, but so we don't, you know, when we're taught things as children, we're taught through story because yeah, it's the yeah. best way to access our brains yeah, and to get us engaged with the material. With, yeah. So it matters on a very big scale. What does that mean? Well, it means that communications shape what we believe. I mean, you only have to look at the world as it is at the moment and the understanding of how we're wrestling with truth and the concept of truth in our communications. And and you can influence people when you communicate effectively. Um, I think within the context of work, I think um, there's loads of aspects to communication, right? There's peer communication, there's written communication, there's formats of communication, there's communications that you put out as an organisation. But in this context, I think we're talking about how a leader... In the organization, a CEO, a head of department is landing a message. Yeah. So we're very much talking about how do you effectively um, share that information with your team or with your organization uh, such that they will uh, come on board with you yeah. uh, in what you're trying to, trying to, and they will understand what they need to do. Yeah. Um, we talked a lot about this in organizational change. Yeah, yeah, it's important. And the change, change curve as well. Where um, I know specifically in organisation change, we talk about uh, you did a very great explanation of Cotter's oh, yeah, uh, model yeah. of the eight steps, and he, there were three steps, and I think there were urgency, coalition, building a coalition, and, and selling, creating a vision. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah. absolutely is around leading leading the first steps through communication. None of that is achievable. Yeah, that's without. all communication, isn't it? Really, yeah. it's painting pictures and all that kind of stuff, isn't it? Um, it, at its extreme, I would argue that leadership is purely communication. And this pains me, by the way, because I'm not in a comms team. I've never been in a comms team. And I've always had a moderate frustration with the way that in our third sector, comms gets much more investment than yeah. operations. But aside from that, the reality is 
Leadership is predominantly communication-based. It is rare that a leader does anything because yeah. what they should be doing is leading the organization, yeah, right? Yeah. They've got to make decisions, but they also need to be that figurehead. Yeah. They need to communicate. They need to win investment. They need to tell the story. Yeah. They need and to so there's, there's this whole thing about, you know, you've got an external responsibility to communicate effectively and represent the organization, but you've also got this internal responsibility to yeah. engage your staff such that they mm-hmm. can buy into the vision you have. Yeah. You, you want to get people to want to do things, don't you? If people want to do things, that's so much of a battle. And that's a lot of where communication comes in and whatever level you're at in an organization. Yeah, the other thing I would say, and this is a really controversial one, uh, not every leader can be great at verbal communication. That's true. But that's okay. There's lots of forms. Yeah. Um, I have never been prouder of any of my organizational leaders as when they have put themselves out there and communicated in some form. Yeah. And it might be they've written a blog it, uh, that's been a position piece politically yeah, yeah, yeah. or an newspaper article. It might yeah. be they've been on TV or on a stage talking about something. Or it might be that they've they've addressed the organisation, but the moments that when I've been proudest have been where they have been saying something. So for me, that's why communicating at work, particularly with yeah. leaders, is so important. Just w- one little point on that: when you're talking about communicating and stuff to be proud of, one of the hardest things that I had to do for some reason, I found it so like just difficult to do, was I was asked um, to start doing what was called micro vlogging. Does that mean anything? Micro vlog. Okay, so mini yep. video blogging. Yeah. Is that right? So there was, yeah. So so what I was asked to do at some point was to start recording like 30 second to a minute to maybe two or three minute like video presentations. Just for, ad hoc. For what? For my team. Okay. So there was like a thing to say, can we bring this in for, for the team? So I'd okay. do that. And I was, you know, I was asked to do it maybe walking between um buildings or i've just come out of a meeting this is what's happened oh all that life. kind of stuff but it was it was a real journey or painful thing for me to get over it and people decided they wanted to call them vlog nuggets and <laughs> oh no and i, I hated it I, oh dear i hated it the idea of vlog nuggets like but i think i was probably just scared of it you know and there's benefit and these i'd be scared of it if it was called vlog nuggets <laughs> It's funny, isn't Sorry, it? Sorry, no, it's awful. Um, <laughs> it's not funny at all. I can't imagine the level of eye roll. Yeah. So my favourite emoji is the yeah. eye roll, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is exactly why, because if you just imagine an entire organisational team going, oh, you're kidding me, right? A vlog nugget? <laughs> Has anyone heard James's vlog nugget? <laughs> it was... <laughs> I know. Sorry, that is, sorry. It, I'll get it I actually, I, um, I was sorry. going to, uh, I was going to see a show on the Friday night when, when I learned that the request was what I do that, and I couldn't even pay attention to the thing I was watching because all I could, all that was going around in my head was vlog nugget, vlog nugget, vlog nugget. Um, anyway, so I was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so let's jump on um, to the next stage here. So still in research roundup, and uh, here we're talking about creating shaping and delivering messages right that's what communication is and what we decided to do was to go right back to the very beginning of all this stuff and we're going to fly through a few different things now but we're going to start with something called the five canons of rhetoric now we we warned you we were going back in time here the five canons of rhetoric were rhetoric were originally pulled together by um a roman consul a guy called cicero who was um, a, a lawyer and then ultimately became, um, you know, a, a Roman politician and served as consul. Um, and he pulled this together in about 50 BC. And he's a famous orator. If you want to know more, um, an author called Robert Harris has actually written some really fun sort of, you know, historical fiction about Cicero that's fairly accurate and, and really rewarding. There's a trilogy called the Cicero Trilogy. Um, I think it's called that. Anyway, you can find it if you look. Um, Anyway, so so Cicero detailed five canons of rhetoric, and these are really the five key skills that you need to develop if you're going to be good at communicating and leading effectively. 
And the five things that he talks about are invention, arrangement, style, memory, and delivery. And, and when he's talking about the canon to rhetoric, he's really talking about um, spoken delivery because that was one of the, the, the main areas that, um, that were used in, in sort of Roman oratory at the time. Um, so what, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to run through each of those five areas, so invention, arrangement, style, memory, and delivery, in a bit more detail. And then I'm going to dive into each one and share a little bit more and give you a bit of uh, insight into um, maybe some hints and tips and, and things you can do to be better at them. So if we start at the beginning, the first thing that you need to do if you're going to deliver a fantastic message is to invent it, right? So this is the process of coming up with what you want to say to persuade your audience of you, essentially. So, so what is it that you're trying to say? You know, what is it that you're trying to achieve? What's your purpose? What's your understanding of your subject? What's your understanding of your audience? Um, what kind of presentation style are you going to use? So like nowadays, what medium is it going to be? Is it going to be, you know, just spoken, written, video, whatever it's going to be? You need to really invent that core starting point. And then once you've got that high level piece, you need to go on and you need to arrange your message. So this is stage two arrangement. And this is really the process of structuring your content. So a lot of modern arrangements for messaging have three stages. We're always told this, you know, um, start with an introduction, have a main body and have a conclusion. Or put another way, tell people what you're going to tell them, tell it to them, and then tell them what you've told them, right? So, so that's a fairly common arrangement structure that people use for messages now. Um, going back a long time, people used to have different, different arrangements. So um, another classic one was start with an introduction, then state neutral facts about your point, then make your case, then spend time refuting an alternate position, and then conclude your presentation, right? So that's an expanded version um, of a three-stage piece we use now. Which is really common, interestingly, in board reports. Mm -hmm. So they have stuck to that. So quite yeah. often you'll see uh, background, yeah. context, which would be the equivalent of neutral facts, yeah. um, proposal, yeah. risks, yeah. and conclusion. Yeah, and that's really common way for quite yeah, a lot of board yeah. reports to be written. And it's, it's so much which it's, I didn't realize was associated with ancient history, yeah. but does now explain a lot. It, it does, doesn't it? Um, but it's interesting. So you know, when when you're communicating, the arrangement that you use is important. And and while we often use the three stage: introduce, body, conclude, um, you might want to do something different. You know, one of these other ones might be more appropriate. Uh, the next stage, having invented your topic and thought about your arrangement, is to think about your style. So the third um, canon of, of rhetoric is style. And this is a process of choosing your language and constructing what you're saying in such a way as to create um, a sort of, uh, I guess, an artistic element to some extent. So what's the emotional con content that goes with it? What, what are you trying to evoke? Um, eloquence is important here. Powerful language can help you do this stuff. And, you know, using emotive language and, and even rhetorical devices like allegory, um, illusion, alliteration, there are others that start with a letter that isn't A. Um, you know, so, so using rhetorical devices and, and framing and constructing your actual uh, content will really help you create that sort of emotional response that you're looking for. Then the fourth canon we're going to spend a bit less time on, though I think it's still important, and that's memory. So obviously in 50 BC, um, a lot of stuff was spoken live and, and things like that. So memory was really important. So here, this was about how do you remember enough of your content so that you can present it fully and unhesitatingly without notes. Well, and that hugely contributes to fluidity, right? It does. So, yeah, yeah. So and you, the sense of assurance and everything the, that goes Absolutely. And also it doesn't take away from anything. Because yeah. if you, you don't want people to notice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
And now we have things like auto queue, so some people can be great at presenting that way, or you can have multiple takes with videos. But I'd still argue that the best presentations are done without notes. Without question, the best presentations are done without notes, without yeah. prompts, without the really truly best. Because we have so many fit tools, mm-hmm. the really truly awe-inspiring stuff is when you see someone with no notes, no slides, yeah, and they hold an audience. Yeah, powerful. And you remember what they said. Yeah. Because I also have those people you listen to and you're like, that was amazing. I've no idea what, what was said. it. Or, what or you follow them at about? the moment and then you're like, I understood it, but yeah. now I don't. Anyway, and then the, the last of the, the canons is around delivery. And this is about, you know, delivering your message um, that you've remembered in the style that you want, arranged the way you want it with the key messages that you wanted. But it's about delivering it beyond the words. So, you know, words are only part of what contribute to communication. So this is around bringing in things like emphasis, tone of voice, theatrics, change of pace, pauses. See what I did there? Um, sorry. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I was like, has he forgotten what he's saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, dramatic, very dramatic. Well done. You liked it. Uh, volume, gesticulating, using your body language, positioning, um, maybe even using props, tools, maybe pictures, whatever it happens to be. So, so the things that support your delivery. So those are the five things that you need to get right if you're going to shape and deliver a message. So the canon to rhetoric. If someone wanted to look at those things, yeah, who would you? Who have you seen and you thought, oh, that's the person's got. They've they've got some elements of really having thought through. So so some of the classic people from a rhetorical perspective are Churchill, who used a huge amount of rhetorical. Yeah. Um, yeah, controversially, I might be the only Brit in the world that's not a massive Churchill fan. Yeah, and, and you I, don't have to. Yeah. Is his skills are phenomenal. Yeah, and I'd say you mentioned Obama. I think Obama's great as well. Um, people like um, Martin Luther King, fantastic public speaking, great imagery, um, and and I'd say things like um, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address is a classical one coming yeah. out of the US. Muhammad Ali, um, for very different reasons, yeah. was extraordinary at creating a visual image in your head. Yeah. But you know the, the idea, the, the whole concept of things like a butterfly floats like yeah. a bee is an extraordinary device yeah it is it's lovely yeah. and then some really modern people that i really enjoyed um uh simon sinek yeah I, I don't always agree with everything he says but his the way the pace the way he uses mm-hmm. pace in his speech to um emphasize a point is amazing mm-hmm. so he will speed up as he's trying to make a really important point and and it becomes genuinely as you're watching it you, you feel the urgency yeah you yeah, yeah, feel yeah. that yeah, he's making this point so yeah. it's so clever yeah massive fan of his um and also the other person that i think is brilliant is margaret heffernan okay. so she does a couple of great ted ted speaks ted speaks ted, ted speeches speech. and um yeah, I, I, they still they ring in your head because of her yeah. pausing, particularly. Yeah. Pausing's powerful. Yeah, hugely powerful. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I just do it occasionally, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> all right, so so let's look at some of this in a little bit more detail. So it, we're going to run through each one of those points. So we'll do invention, arrangement, style, memory, delivery, with more focus on some areas than others. So I'm going to start with invention. Now, in relation to invention, I'm going to run you through a process that uh, I've used in comms teams in the past and it's just a high level thing but I think it's helpful for you so when you're inventing I think the first thing that's important to do is to keep in mind your overall strategic goal right so so before you even think about what message you want to get out you need to be clear on what your strategic direction is what's the big context that you're operating in where do you want the world to be or your organization or your team or whatever it is to be in the future so you need real clarity on that And then, you know, once you know that broader context, the next thing that you need to know is 
Who are you speaking to? So who is the audience? What are their personas? What's their story? How are they feeling? What do they know? What are their expectations? What are their hopes? Um, all that kind of stuff. So you need to get to know them. And then, you know, that means that you know your strategic context and you know your audience. The next thing that you need to do is you need to think about, okay, you know, I know the broad picture. I know my audience. Why am I communicating? What outcome am I trying to achieve with this communication? So this is a, a zeroing in from your strategic goal. And what you're trying to say is, what do I want to change with this communication? Specifically, normally, what do I want to change for the audience? As a result of my communication, how should the audience be different having been communicated to? And the phrases that I've used for this in the past is, think, feel, do, as a checklist. So as a result of any communication, I want people to either think differently, feel something differently, or take on an action. So what is the think, feel, do of any big message I'm communicating? Do I want people to believe something? Do I want them to be, that would be a think. Do I want them to feel motivated, passionate? That would be a feel. Do is a takeaway or call to action. What do I want them to do? So for me, at the invention stage, I need to think about that. And then as soon as I've worked out my overall strategic goal, my audience, the think, feel, or do that I want to achieve, then it's saying, okay, well, what are the core messages that I can create that help me achieve my strategy and help me create that think, feel, or do sense? And then once I've done that, it's a question of channels. So I know the core messages, then how do I deliver them between the different channels? So, you know, do I want it spoken? Do I want it written? Whatever. You know, do I want to text people? Who knows? So for me, that's really the core bit of invention. And obviously, once you've done that, you then need to go on and write something. But to some extent, the writing it is a separate step. This is the real thinking, the heavy lifting before you write. I don't want to uh, knock you off course for anything. Yeah. But um, I'm just, so obviously, this is a podcast, so people can't see what I'm doing. But I'm just scrolling through my phone. Mm -hmm. Because uh, one of the most powerful quotes, and actually a brilliant speaker, is uh -huh. Maya Angelou. Okay. Was Maya Angelou, was I Maya, should yeah, say. Yeah. And um, there is there is a uh, a quote from her that is really relevant, particularly around what you're saying around thinking, feeling, doing. Which okay. is people will forget what you said. People forget what you did. Yep. People will not, will never forget how you made them feel. Totally. The words you use will be long forgotten. Yeah. In all except the rarest of cases, where it's like a you yeah. know, the Gettysburg Address, for example, yeah. as you're saying. But they will remember when they sat where they were and how they felt while they were totally. listening to you. Totally. Um, or while they were reading what you said. Yeah. So, um, if in doubt, look for a Maya Angelou quote because she's usually got you covered for <laughs> yeah. everything. Um, but that's important. I think it is, and I think mm -hmm. ultimately that's the whole point, isn't it? You're trying to leave someone with a sense of something. Otherwise, you would just write it down in in bullets. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, cool. So, so that's invention. There are some things to think about there. Next, I'm going to talk about arrangement. And so we spoke in the very introduction to arrangement, to the three-stage piece, so introduce, um, tell the story and conclude, and we spoke about the five-stage five piece with some rebuttal stuff in there. What I'm actually going to do now is run you through something called Monroe's Motivated Sequence for Persuasion. And, and this is, is it's a powerful structure or arrangement for delivering messages designed to achieve something. And, and this is something that you see in... Um, in things like change delivery to some extent, or politics. This is kind of a rhetorical, social change, political type structure. Does this mean people should look out for this stuff when they're receiving messages from our parliament? Totally, totally. With or all of this stuff, democratic. being aware of of the styles and structures that people use to influence your thinking is massive. Certainly, um, and I know we're going to talk at some point about credibility of evidence and stuff like yeah. that, but um, 
another podcast. But yep, another podcast. I do I do encourage people when when James goes through the Monroe's motivated squeak sequence, it is worth having a wider than work context on this. Oh, stuff absolutely. Because these absolutely. trust me, you are being communicated to every day, millions of times. Yep, and it's all and designed people are to influence using you. communication design and messaging design to get you to do what they want or think what they want. Yeah. And later on we're gonna broaden out and cover things like behavioural economics, I think. Yeah, I think we are. And I you know, I, I guess I'm just it's a shout out to say strip it down and figure out what you really think. Yeah. Don't don't assume that the world's message you're to, hearing. Yeah, we're always trying to get you, isn't it? And make you feel those emotions, but make you associate things in certain ways. If you got me, if you bought me a glass of wine, I would explain to you why communication, having a seat on the executive team, was the worst decision ever made in modern corporate history. Okay, well, let's chat then. But I'll, anyway. I'll, I'll crack open a bottle at some point. Um, anyway, so Monroe's motivated sequence, this is really about persuasing, uh, persuasing, uh, about persuasion and, and trying to get people um, on board and get, get people to do stuff. Um, and it might be useful in the workplace. It's got... Um, five stages to it. So the stages are attention, need, satisfaction, visualization, and action. Um, and it's powerful, right? It just is. So the first thing, the first stage is attention. And what this says is that fundamentally people have a very brief attention span. So once you get the opportunity to get in front of them, you need to grab their attention and you need to do it quickly. You need to start with a bang. And you need to do that with something that's a bit of a hook. So you need to generate curiosity quickly or capture attention quickly. Um, and that's, a, that's the first thing you need to do is you need to get people to focus on you and really switch on and listen. And you can do that through things like interesting facts. You can do that with a teaser about the future. You can do that with a great story with narrative they relate to. You could give them a striking picture. Funny joke. Yeah, so in complete contrast to everything I've said at every other podcast about meeting expectations, this yeah. is the one point where I would strongly suggest one of the strongest ways to capture people's attention in your organisation is to do something they don't expect from you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is an extraordinary thing when I don't talk because no one can believe Everyone's it's happening, right? Yeah. But it works because mm -hmm. when I'm silent for a couple of minutes, everyone's staring at me going, has she forgotten? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. going well, it, it, on? And it drives that focus. That's really important. Okay, and so, so you've got to grab their attention first. And, and one of the things about attention, as we said, is that it's, it doesn't last for very long. So once you've captured somebody's attention, it's really important to ride the wave of that attention and you need to move on quickly. You need to get their attention and then move, right? And, and take that conversation forward while they're paying attention. Ride the wave of attention. And the next thing you need to do is need, right? So, so having captured their attention, what you need to do is you need to create a need, right? You need to establish a burning platform emotionally, which is a phrase that we've used before. Um, you need to show why the way things are at the minute aren't good. You need to create that uh, sense of urgency that Cotter refers to in his change model um, and, and really use your, your facts and, and stories to demonstrate that the way things are is not good enough. Right? What you should do is you should illustrate with some examples and elaborating facts um, and demonstrate why the status quo is not satisfactory. And you can do this with some rhetorical flair and you can talk about all kinds of bad things happening now, whatever it happens to be, but you create that emotional sense of unsettlement and need at the moment. And then once you've done that, you move on to stage three, which is satisfaction. So what you're saying is things are dreadful, all this bad stuff's happening, lots of bad things going on, need, 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 need. And then you say, okay, well, I'm going to satisfy that need and move on to stage three, satisfaction. So now, you know, what, as you're moving to satisfaction, the audience should understand that there's a need to change and be wondering what to do. So at this stage, you jump in and you satisfy 
that need that you've created. So you've said it's all wrong, and now you're saying, well, I can fix it for you. I've got an option that will make it better, right? So I provide my solution now, and I, I satisfy all the challenges that I raised in the need. So I'd said, um, you know, it's bad because Jane speaks all the time and talks too much, and that's really difficult, and it makes life a bad thing, and I make everybody agree with me on that. And then I'll say, but I've got a solution. Now what we're going to do, in all our podcasts, I'm going to buy lots of sweeties and we'll give her sweeties before the podcast sessions and then she won't be able to speak and the world will be a better place and it'll solve all our problems. So that satisfaction piece takes people along that journey and that's a powerful thing as well. And to do that, I explain in details and show how my solution satisfies the problem that I've created. And having demonstrated how we can solve that problem, through satisfaction, the next thing I do is I help people visualize and emotively connect with the future I'm creating, right? So they know what the solution is, and now I want them to feel it. So I start to paint the picture for them. You know, this is your um, your your sunlit uplands. You know, we're going to be in the sunland, uh, sunlit uplands of prosperity, and, and you use emotive and visual language and really paint the picture that helps people see what the world would be like if they take action. So in this instance, we've got them to that future state and they're living it um, as if they were there. And then the last stage of the motivated sequence is action. And here, what we, what we do is we say, okay, well, this is where we're going to get to. We've painted the picture. Now, this is what you need to do. So in my example, I might say, and, you know, we'll have this wonderful world where Jane is silent all the time and her mouth is busy chewing on these sweeties we've bought her so that she can't speak. And won't it be wonderful? We'll be you know, echoes of silence around the world and we'll all be at peace. But to do that, you all need to buy some chocolate to give her or whatever it happens to be. And you come in hard with a message of the action people need to, to take and you build up the energy behind that. Um, if you lot start mailing in various <laughs> sweeties, I'm not going to be happy, by the way, I'm just saying. That's fine. Well, I'll be happy. I'll I mean, take the message. <laughs> secretly, I like the sweetie, so I'm, I'm kind of good with that. Anyway. That's the Monroe's motivated sequence. So it's just another way to think about persuasion. And actually, what's funny is that if you look at advertising, you see a lot of need creation in marketing and advertising and things like that. And I don't really agree with a lot of it, but it works as a persuasive argument. It, you know, uh, I mean, it absolutely does. One of the hardest things in the world is to recognize if you turn off some of the sources of messaging that mm-hmm. you are exposed to, TV, things like that, you will notice how much less able you are and I use the word able carefully, uh, to keep up with the trends and the... Ex- and that's because you no one's telling you you need that stuff. No yeah, one's yeah, showing yeah. you pictures of They're this is what normal looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what normal looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. Beautiful, very expensive modern leather sofas. And, yeah. you know, or, or one of the, the classic need creations was Listerine, who created halitosis, right? So like a Listerine Amazing. ad through this would be something like shocking image to capture your attention. Somebody creating a need by saying, ooh, I'm holding my nose at you when you're speaking because your breath's bad. Satisfaction. How do we do it? Well, here you drink some Listerine. What's the future? I feel sunny and... Didn't they have a dragon? I can't remember. I can't, yeah. I think, but I know, and you're really right about that because one of the frustrations, and there's loads of them, deodorant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Teenagers, deodorant. Yeah, yeah. Right? But but it's it's a really important point to make, right? Decide what you need as a consumer and what you want as a consumer. Don't let anyone else tell you yeah. what you need and want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because they're all they're doing is trying to uh, sell their product. Totally. You know, there is without question and being in, in the uh, total openness and transparent way that we want to be, 
You know, we want people to listen to our podcast. We want people to listen to our podcast genuinely because we think there is some stuff in here that's really useful for people. Yeah, helpful. But when we are trying to capture people's attention, when we're thinking about how to let them know about it, Mm -hmm. we will choose bits that we think are the most resonant or the most surprising because we know that that will capture attention. Now, you know, that's fine for us because we're good people. And also we're not (laughs) trying to sell you anything, We're not, yeah, yeah. But, um, But if nothing else, know how to filter that. Yeah, definitely. So that's Monroe's motivated sequence. It's another piece around arrangement. I'm going to just touch on one other thing to do Mm -hmm. with arrangement before we move on. And this is a uh, concept of something called chunking limits. And again, it comes out of, you know, different fields. But um, chunking is the process or the name given to the process by which people group together similar information to make it more uh, easily memorable. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me like five or six things and I, I think of them all as a similar thing, I'll remember that similar thing and I'll take that away okay. as, a, as a memory concept. So some of the things we, we do are we use like acronyms and mnemonics and things like that as a way to do chunking. Is this why we've got so many podcast episodes with ABCDs, yeah, 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 and it's easy, DADs right? and VADBs and yeah. whatever? It's just much easier to remember mnemonics. You remember the mnemonic and that's your key to remembering the longer chain of information. And throughout, you know, um, throughout information theory the concept of chunking is a really powerful thing so if you look at things like um compression software for files on computers that all uses chunking like all that uh, kind of, of stuff. course it does okay yeah, I yeah. About that, yeah so it's all it the same so information theory crosses over a lot of chunking limits but for humanity we for humans we use things like mnemonics and so on and we do it because it's easier um but one of the things that comes up is that people when they do uh when humans chunk in on average they can only chunk about seven things Right, so what that means is if you try and give somebody a list of nine things, um, say on a slide or as part of a conversation, they won't remember them. Does this mean our list should only, uh, our list of the week should be uh, only seven things? Maybe. Is it seven things this week? No. no. <laughs> okay, so you can pick which seven you remember. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Anyway, um, that's chunking and chunking limit. So people can't chunk more than seven things um, on average. So there's a key message from this for, for all of you out there presenting or preparing slides is that you, if, if you get to seven things on a slide and want to add something else, make two slides of four things, basically, because people will think in terms of the, the message of the slide and you'll over you'll overwhelm them if you put too much. But in again, them. I think that's within the context of what are you trying to achieve? So, yeah. for example, if uh, if you are trying to achieve a feeling you can put as much as you like because you're not wanting people to remember yeah um you might even well i mean i'd say if you're trying to achieve a feeling i probably wouldn't even use words i, I would put a picture or, or a video or something yeah like that. but you could yeah, put yeah, loads yeah. of pictures and videos because you Absolutely. might want to extend that yeah, or you might yeah, want to yeah. put one up i think um i think i guess the point i'm making is you might only have one thing to chunk if there's yeah. really only one thing that you wanted to people to take away yeah just put that up yeah because trust me whatever you put on that screen is what they're staring at yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, I was, just yeah. I mean, uh, the best speaker, one of the best speakers I've ever seen at a corporate level, only put slides up for like five minutes in the middle. Yeah, they spoke yeah, 15 yeah. minutes, created a mood, created an environment, got yeah, them to agreed, open their minds. Slides are Slows, showed three slides, which were all pictures to yeah. make a point. But yeah. What do I remember? I remember what three pictures they were. Yeah, yeah. And therefore I remember. Yeah. Really clever. Anyway, yeah. sorry. That's good. So, so that's arrangement. We touched a bit on it there. Some, hopefully, some some stuff you can think about when you're structuring your, your communications and, and building them out. Um, the last three bits of uh, the five canons of rhetoric are style, memory, and delivery. Um, and we're we're really just going to fly through these because, um, well, because most of them are 
hopefully reasonably self-explanatory and, and you can and i think of... there's a lot of training around around these three yeah, right there's, there's a lot yeah. more around around this yeah i think so um so for style um i guess for one thing that, that i'd say is that be yourself right i mean you want to bring style into it but it should be um a fairly honest reflection of who you are so i think the, the speakers who do best or the presenters or communicators who do best are the ones who you know, use style and embellishment to some extent, but they're always using their own voice. It's when you see people trying to mirror other people's voices that it doesn't really work. Yeah, right? so wait, I mean, I think about it like singers, right? Yeah. You know who Adele, so I think Adele's I think most people know, right? Yeah, yeah. You know Adele's voice. You know Madonna's voice, mm-hmm. or right? Or Nina Simone's voice or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like really distinctive. Um, Tom Jones. Yeah. Um, these, are, these are voices, even if they're not particularly well-known, or you don't are familiar with their music, you'd probably spot their voice if you've heard it before. Yeah. Um, I think it's the same is true of great speakers. Yeah. You know, quite often you can hear a speech, is that is that, yeah, is that Obama? Just, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That. And it's not even necessarily his accent or anything like that. It's to do with the pace yeah. and the tone and the way and the relaxed nature of it. And the message and the types of things he's comfortable yeah. with. So so find your style and use it and, and don't copy somebody else's. When you see people learning this type of stuff, sometimes you see them trying different people's voices for a while yeah. until they settle on their own. But they're always best once they've settled on their own. Yeah, agreed. Um, so that's style, memory. You know what? We, we talked about the importance of doing stuff without, slide, without notes um, as, as best as you can. Uh, the really boring message here is practice. Just practice it. If you need to do it, just practice it, right? Some people want to learn verbatim. Personally, I, I, I never learn verbatim. I don't really like it unless I'm on really, really tight segmented time structures. I might do it. But but my own style is that I learn key points. So I'll know, you know, if I'm doing slides, I'll know three points per slide or something like that. Or I'll know a list of 12 points I want to cover per, um, you know, 10 minutes, that kind of amount. And I'll memorize that. But then I'll just talk around it. I'll know my time hmm. limits and I'll, I'll work around it. So, uh... I'm slightly different to that. Yeah. I learn verbatim my first three sentences. Okay. And I repeat them and I practice and I practice and then I'll move into Fine. the body of content. Cool. Yeah. But because uh, for me, that's the best way of managing any Great. any surprises in the room. So I've had situations where people have been in the audience I've been expected who maybe know more about the subject yeah, than me and yeah, things yeah. like that. And so for me, having three solid sentences Fine. gives it's me enough time, enough adjustment to think about what I'm saying yeah. next. Yeah, that's good. That's a good tip. Also, if you start with three good sentences, people are like, oh, this is going to be yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you've captured their attention, haven't you? Which is ironic because pretty much everything that I ever hear in life has always started so well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so so that's the memory point from the canons, uh, the canon, uh, five canons of rhetoric. The last point from the five canons of rhetoric is delivery. So we're just going to say one thing about that. And, and this is... Um, Something I, I no idea how people actually measure this stuff. I mean, you know, that's okay. Um, this is Albert um, Morabian, somebody who can read, Morabian, um, who did some work on what contributes to communication. Um, and what he said is that in reality, when you're speaking to people, only 7% of your communication takes place through words, right? He said the remainder... Of the remainder, 38% takes place through your tone and your voice, and the remaining 55% takes place through your body language. And I just wanted to chuck this in. I, you know, I don't know how people measure that stuff. It could be 8% and 37% and 55%. I mean, do, you know, do you want to know? Genuinely? I uh, absolutely guarantee you it will be to do with quantitative methods of research. I'm sure psychology. it will be. I'm sure it will. But 
I just kind of don't know how you get that precise and general about it. I would it imagine it's using structural equation modeling. And if do you I'm think honest, it's accurate, do you think? Uh, it'll be accurate. Well, I don't know. I haven't read the paper. I would need to read. I'll tell yeah. you what. I will read the paper. Yeah, cool. And I will check it's, how it's, accurate it's it is. It's quite old. Um, um, I will say that I was doing, when I worked in a pub when I was 19. Yeah. So that is... 1997 wow yeah all right i'm old yeah, yeah, yeah. um in 1997 i went on a training course for a major chain of pubs in yep. england no scotland mm -hmm. actually and i was taught this okay so it was part of all customer service training in major yeah. corporate brands for yeah. retail brands for a long time and it was while they were trying to get uh behavior changed yeah um in pub staff who would be very efficient and very effective but not necessarily that friendly. Yeah. Uh, and they'd say say the right thing. Yeah. But look but, like they look somewhere else. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Or, or just be thinking look about a million yeah. things. And they yeah. were trying to say if you engage your punters, they'll come back. Of yeah. Course, the challenge with pub staff that get paid minimum wages. Well, yeah, why, we why, don't why, really yeah. care. You kind of don't want the punters. There right? was they there was a brilliant time. moment. We were sitting in the training and just look at each other and go, well, we don't care. We, this is a really busy pub. We're okay if they don't come back. Yeah, exactly. Someone else will come in the door. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so, so something to think about at least is the the means of communication that are beyond the words that you use. And and I think that's all I wanted to try and cover in Research Roundup. Um, so again, just recap, that's for five canons. So invention, arrangement, style, memory, delivery. In terms of what it means for you, right? These are things for you to really think about if you need to communicate a message. You know, go back and potentially think about the stuff we've talked about in invention, the think, feel, do piece, that's powerful. Um, every time you're communicating, think about your arrangement, your structuring, bring your own style, learn stuff. Use different methods of communicating and delivery. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not absolutely not in my uh, top tip, although mm. it should be, but I can't. I've already got two. Yeah. Um, but my comment on all of that stuff is make an effort. Yeah. So if you want to be really good at this stuff, it's like everything. It's like sport. It's like music. It's like skills. It's like becoming proficient in your work. You are going to have to put the legwork in. Yeah. And that means not rushing things that means thinking really carefully about how you craft the message that means looking at these devices yeah. and thinking what they mean for the way you want to do it and you know what it that that comes down to how much do you care yeah how much do you care about this landing this message right because there are plenty of devices out there some great books to help you but you are gonna have to put the legwork in yeah, you're you gonna have try. to practice yeah um so on that note of practicing uh, is it worth doing list of the week? Yeah, why don't you? Why don't okay, you so ten top ten things that you should do and can do to be a better communicator. Number one, be really clear of your own strategic goals. Why are you doing this communication at all? Because if you don't know, don't yeah, do it. Yeah, what's the big Just picture? Just don't do yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, two, understand your audience. Get to know them if possible. Um, understand what is the message they're expecting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because you know, depending on what you're trying to achieve, you may or may not want them to be surprised. Yeah. Uh, be clear on what you want to change for your audience. And this is your think, feel, do, which I think yeah, is really powerful. It's simple, what, isn't it? what do you want them to think? How do you want them to feel? What do you want them to do afterwards? Yeah. Uh, number four, communicate with narratives and stories, not with facts and figures. By all means, include the facts and figures. Yeah, and you need But facts tell a story with them. Yeah. And by the way, accountants and research insight people, this includes you. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. So um, I have. Nobody I remembered any of my finance presentations. No numbers. one cares about your work unless you contextualise yeah. the story. It. I'm sorry. I want to tell you that's not true, right? But I'm, particularly I, I data. Do, I definitely want to do a story storytelling. There's a whole episode. thing. I've got. I've worked with some of the best data crunchers in sport. I really have, and they've got up and they've told me stuff and I've gone I don't care yeah you're gone what did why you say why do I, I care remember. about this data yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what is going to be different mm -hmm. 
Or conversely, I've worked with some who get it brilliantly right. Yeah. And, and people have done both. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, have the courage not to use notes. If you've prepped properly, notes are more a crutch than anything. Mm-hmm. They are more something you're leaning on that actually need. As long as you're confident in what you're trying to yeah, achieve. You're not, you, know, you know how to speak. Um, number six, have the courage not to use slides if possible. Or perhaps, if that's too far, just pictures. Just a single. So, uh, best presentation I ever did. Five pictures, five slides. Yep. Yeah. 20 minute presentation and uh, it's I, good. it was it was good right I yeah. don't even know how to say that without sounding like an idiot it was the last presentation I gave before I stopped being interim CEO Great. and I um, and the, the job was to light a, light a fire under some people's Great. bottoms not my team by the way my team were lovely and didn't hmm. need any fire um, number seven if you are presenting in a room, get support in the room. Ask specific people to nod, smile, and support you throughout if you can see past the lights. Um, if that works for you, I like to pretend I don't know anyone in the room. Okay. So I will let people know that they won't get any interaction oh, right, okay. from me. And it's not being, me being rude. It's I need to focus on people I don't know. Yeah, okay. Because I have a massive issue presenting and being like, oh, there's my ex-boss over there. Yeah, okay. Whereas I, I like that. I, I, Can't I want it. to see. Yeah. I would like, I'd like, it's my equivalent. So they talk about Imagine Room Naked. Don't do that. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. But in terms of not knowing them, it really helps okay. for me. Uh, get to know your physical space. Visit it, walk in it, be comfortable in it. Ideally, get someone to speak from the stage and sit in different places. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, if you're going to do it properly, do, do it properly. Yeah, get to know it, yeah. Um, be a great audience member yourself when not presenting. Being a good audience member is a skill too. Oh, that's very like giving feedback and getting feedback, it? is, isn't it? isn't it? For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, about feedback, it was in another episode when we were saying to get to be able to give good feedback, you need to be able to take it uh, and receive it well too. Uh, so, number nine, be a great audience member. Number ten, Number 10, number 11, number 12, number, probably number yeah, 1 to yeah. 9 as well. Practice, 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 practice. Um, you are not too good to practice. You are Nobody not is. better Nobody is. fresh. This nonsense of over-rehearsing, I don't know where people have got that from, but as long as you're rehearsing in a way that is structured and yeah. that you're reflecting on how it's improving, don't just repeat it, Yeah. but if you are recording it, video yourself, video all yourself, of that, powerful. you know, work on it. You will get better. Yeah. Also, if you can possibly come up with a speech that you can make a number of times, yeah. or gonna if, if it's an email, something you can send a lot of times, and try and assess how well it's gone, that's really helpful. Yeah. Good. And that's our list. So so we chunked them into how many chunks? Mm, Ten minus. <laughs> uh, we will... Yeah, all right. I'm going to get better at chunking. Yeah, Sorry we, I, I didn't think about it either. We kind of <laughs> There's ourselves. an irony. There's an irony. We ourselves in the foot with that. As long, just remember practice. There's yeah. only one chunk, Yeah, that's really. the only one you practice. need to think about. Okay, so uh, it's time for stories from the keyboard. Cool. Do you want me to lead off with one? Or? Sure. Why don't you? Yeah. Um, and story sort of watch out uh, point here is that when I've worked with leaders and, I, and I've done things like, you know, work doing strategic comms for reasonably sized chunks of organizations, um, you do this stuff with leaders and you, you'll take them along, you'll craft a message, you'll do some think, feel, do, you'll do all of that. And the leaders will go out and they'll deliver that message. And you know what happens? They think that people have heard that message. Right? <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, James. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Just saying. So they go out and they deliver it once and they send a couple of emails. And they think that everybody's heard it and everybody cares and everybody's along on that journey. And that really just isn't true. Particularly if you're in a large organization with, say, you know, thousands of people. Um, 
not everybody pays attention. Oh, I'm really not sorry, but it's the it. arrogance. <laughs> it's the arrogance that because you're the leader, people are listening yeah, to you. Yeah. You don't deserve that. You deserve it if you message it well. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Really annoys so me. So, you know, people just need to, to think more broadly and have a more structured approach to comms okay. if they're going to deliver stuff. That would be my, my story is for people who fail to realise that their message okay. hasn't been heard. Yeah. Not um, naming any names. Not right? naming any names. So no. my story from the keyboard is very specific and it is about a situation whereby I was informed... This is, this is a super long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was informed that uh, a piece of news that was absolutely transformational for my team um, and was going to cause massive ructions. And they thought it'd be a really good idea to inform me of that while I was conducting a risk assessment of a major health and safety breach at an event I was at nice. with about 2,000 people on site. Nice. Where I'm trying to do my job. Yeah, yeah. No, in, in casual conversation, no less. Yeah, that doesn't really... Oh, by the way, when in. you get in on Monday, you're going to need to come into the office and talk about it because X, Y, and Z. No, yeah, not yeah, okay. Stoking the fear. Absolutely. And... Stoking the fear, but also... Under- it's this thing of context, right? Yeah. Understand what the message means to someone and think about how you're going yeah, to deliver yeah, it. And, piece and, and understand and... where they are in a space. Anyway. Yeah, and the think, feel, and do on that? I mean, oh, what, what, was what, do you, that? Yeah. what are you going to What do you want me to think? What do you want me to feel? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Yeah. I'd like to do my job right now. Yeah, and How none of that, that stuff works. And they'd like messages. to do their job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I know you didn't mean to do it, person. Yeah, it Actually, the person is definitely not listening. Yeah, they're, right. not, they're not really <laughs> a podcast. Um, okay, so that story is from our keyboards. I guess we just move on to top tips or final thoughts? Yeah, yeah, all right. So, I got two, so you can right. go first. All right, I'll go first. So, um, mine's simple. Um, and it's, it's kind of links to a lot of it types of things I say and this is just to you know understand and be passionate about what you're communicating you know I think if you get that stuff right it'll it'll do a lot of the legwork for you um genuineness uh and enthusiasm are contagious so if you if you are yourself and you use your own voice and you're enthusiastic about what you're talking about then um then chances are that you'll you'll really start that communication process well so that's my top tip okay so I've got two top tips uh, number one is ask people what they remember from what you said or okay. what you messaged. So and 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 wait a while. So yeah. um, ask them. It's what really helpful. Yeah, ask them. You know, what did you take? So I, I had this conversation with um, someone I used to work with the other day, and they were talking about um, a talk that I gave mm-hmm. to a group of volunteers, and they were like, oh, "I remember when you did this and this." I was like, "How do you remember?" And she goes, "Oh, I don't remember any of the others. I just remember you very clearly explaining." X, Y, and Z. And it was because I used a metaphor about, um, it's a Kenyan, old Kenyan metaphor, uh, sticks in a bundle are unbreakable. Fine. And I was talking about how if we work together. Yeah. And for some reason that visual, and I had a picture of, yeah, of a bundle yeah, of sticks yeah. like, behind and me. and people are visual, right? And, and, and she said, I just remember the moment in the room. You created yeah. a very clear moment in the room where we looked at each other and we thought we can bind ourselves together yeah, in this great, process. Great, great. Um, and I was like, well, hey, did I? That's brilliant. Yeah, Thanks. well done, mate. Don't remember doing that at all. Um, and then the other one for me is um, just when you are trying to pass a message, try and be considerate of the people. Yeah. Right. It's just think about why they why are they sitting there? What are they expecting? Because it will help you frame it. Peace, love, and HR and all that kind of stuff. Well, just, you know, also it's going to help you. If you know what they're expecting, you're going to say something else. It's really good good idea to know it. I'm totally with you. I'm just taking a piss. Oh, on a real, real side, <laughs> yeah. totally not my top tip. But if you drink coffee, yep. 
Or if you drink energy drinks, mm-hmm. or if you drink anything, or do and have any habits that in any way spike your energy levels, yeah. please become really familiar with what measure is appropriate. Because I have uh, two yeah, coffee yeah, maximum yeah, 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 yeah. when I speak publicly. Yeah. If I have had more than two, I turn into a. You were talking just about everyone gets carried away with enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not when you look like you're absolutely off <laughs> yeah, your rocker yeah, yeah. or a bit drunk. Yeah, um, and three it. coffees for me is a danger. Yeah, I'm so on the decaf, go. right? I mean, that's the oh, way you're I roll, so. Cool. Well, I think that was a fun episode. I liked... Um, oh, I could talk about this all day. Yeah, the, the comps piece is great. We had yeah, some really fun loads, side conversations in there. I, I think there's loads um, of comp stuff we could talk about. And hopefully, for all of you guys listening, um, there's something that you could take away. I know it sounds like we're saying, you know, every, every time you speak to your team... You should yeah. like spend four hours crafting. No, we're not. Yeah. But when there are important messages, when you need yeah. people alongside, or when you want to get better at it, right? Yeah, it's, it's really helpful. Massively helpful skill. And people remember. Sadly, yeah, whether you do. like it or not, the best speakers are perceived as more influential. Yeah, yeah. Whether right. they are or not. Okay. So that's been us on, I guess, uh, crafting and shaping and communicating a message. Um, hope you liked it. Uh, let us, us know if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, let us know if you didn't. Communicate. Yeah, communicate. Just spend some time thinking about why you're doing it. Yeah, and think how you're going to craft the message yeah, so that it lands. Think about us. Think about who we are, where we are. Um, yeah, be nice. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, okay, so I guess it's time to say goodbye. Yeah, we'll catch you next week. So until then, thank you very much. And it's goodbye from me. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of the World of Work podcast. To learn more about what we do, please check out our website, www.worldofwork.io, where you can read some great articles, learn more about the seminars and courses that we deliver, or even support us if you wish through our Patreon page. That's www.worldofwork.io. Thank you.